Hey warriors and welcome back. Yes, my my wife and I are still waiting on the IRS about the church, so we ask that you continue to pray for that. But at the same time we're learning to understand that there's a reason why God is delaying this and it could be for the purpose of timing. It could be because we know we want to get a house and housing market is very high right now and he could be waiting for the right time for us to be able to move out there and it's hard. And it's teaching us a lot of patience. I mean, we're still working on our health. One of the things we've been doing is going to this uh, massage therapist that specializes in helping people with chronic pain. And both my wife and I had some chronic pain that just hasn't gone away for years. And so far, he's been doing a great job. And we still have to see him a few more times to really get our bodies really adjusted right. And like a healing process is going on. Um, also, with you know, I've, I've actually been losing quite a bit of weight, which has been awesome. Uh, it's been 43 pounds since last year, to 2020 January, that I've lost, and I you know I have a, I have a road. But at the same time, this is positive because it's been very discouraging. So you know, just pray for our health, pray for all the, all the pieces to come together, pray for the people that we've asked to come help us start a church that they will be ready and set when God says yes to them to, to go do what they need to do to get out here to Colorado. But you know, it's a plan that he's putting together and we're excited. That being said, um, moving forward, uh, this conversation today is actually going to be talking about King Saul. And I know some of you probably were brought up with the story of King Saul and there's, I mean, there's different pieces to it. Uh, most people remember more of maybe the beginning when he was chosen, that he was a head taller than everybody and he was really masculine and strong and he fit the image of what people thought should be a king. And other people, they may go to, you know, when David killed Goliath or even after that, when he tried to kill David. So, I mean, people have different parts of Saul's story that they remember. But the question I was always wondering, or at least I was thinking for this week, was the idea of Saul in the beginning was chosen by God because he had a heart for God. And I want you guys to think about that. You know, all the stories that we hear about Saul usually are about when he's angry, upset, and trying to kill David. But in the reality of the beginning of the story, he was chosen because he loved God. And I want you guys to go back to your own lives, to maybe other guys that you've seen, and how they've changed. You see, one of the issues that I've noticed with us guys is sometimes this, there's this sin that gets in the way called pride. And I know we've talked about this several times, but this is a major thing with men. Pride. We battle pride because we don't want to be disrespected. Now, when I was in Hartford, I learned a lot about basically ideology that parents were teaching their kids, especially men, to their sons. And one of the main things was don't be disrespected. Don't let anyone disrespect you. Don't let anyone disrespect you. And the idea behind the, the fixing of that issue was either fighting. And I'm not talking like a slap here and there. I'm talking like you put people down so hard in a fight that 
not not the word is not humble, but basically that you have to grovel at your feet, knowing that you are king. You're the you know the king of the hill concept, and it's almost like prehistoric in its design. That you know you sh- that's not biblical. But what I'm trying to say is it's not biblical. This is this is a mindset that for some reason men think to win over other men is to play this alpha game where you beat the snot out of them and let them know that you're boss. And therefore, now they will respect you. But in reality, when you go and you do that, what usually happens? The, the, the most common situation is retaliation, revenge, hate. And the worst scenario, the most scary scenario, especially for a kid in high school, is the other kid coming in with a gun and shooting him. I mean, I don't mean to sound so direct and, and scary, but that's a thing. When you're teaching children to fight back and do beyond just fighting back, making sure they know where you stand and authority over them, that's not going to solve the problem. In fact, one of the teachings I was teaching my young men was don't get into these fist fights with these guys. There's no... God is not going to sit there and say, oh, look, at you're a coward because you didn't fight that guy to make him know where you stand. And the thing is, is because the intention for us as men is not to get into fights to win. Do we defend ourselves? Do we defend our people? Absolutely. I told them, you see a guy or somebody bullying someone else and physically harming them, you step in. And you tell them to back off. That is not proper. That's not cool. But if they start getting in your face, do not be the first person in the swing. You stand your ground. You can walk away. But you do not be the first one to do the fist. Because that's not being biblical. And that's not being a man of God either. The other things about pride is that I see that's most common with men is when we think we're good at something and then someone else is better and people are liking them more. We allow pride to get in the way and start controlling our feelings and hate, anger, revenge starts coming up within us and it festers in us to a point where we we try to destroy these other men who are being successful. But if you've been listening to any of my podcasts, you know that the concept of discipleship is you want people to go beyond where you've been. You don't want to keep people below you. You don't want to stop their growth. That's why one of the plans as a pastor, if I have men that are coming in and they, and they want to learn how to preach, I'm going to teach them how to preach. If they start feeling like they're being called then we're gonna we're going to get around them and get them prepared to becoming a pastor. If they preach better than I do, I don't care. I want them to succeed. I want them to be in a position of growth, to always be striving to be better than whatever I have been, because I'm not perfect and I'm not the right answer to everybody. And I'm not always going to have the answers. I'm not always going to be walking the walk all the time. Sometimes I'm going to make mistakes. Sometimes I'm not going to know all the answers to a situation. But that's okay. That gives people the opportunity to be able to grow themselves. You want people to succeed. 
Which is why it's so interesting with Saul, back when he was anointed, you know, Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on his head, kissed him, and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people? And I remember Saul was the first king. And he continues, And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you shall save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. When you depart from me today, you will meet two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin as Zelzah. And they will say, the donkeys that you went to seek are found. And now your father has ceased to care about the donkeys and, the anx and is anxious about you saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go from your, from their, bleh, from their father and come to the Oak Tabor. Okay. So. He's basically getting told what's going to happen for the future. And the spirit of the Lord in verse six says, the spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. So right there, we see the example that Saul is given the spirit of the Lord. That means he's walking with the Lord. And behold, I am coming down to you to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you shall do. So right there, we see that Saul was called, anointed, and was given the spirit of the Lord. So how is it that men who are given the Holy Spirit, who are Christians, who are men of God, suddenly fall? Why is it that Saul went from being this man of God king to a man, or I should say, a man who is a God of himself. And to me, when you start looking, you start seeing pride creep into Saul's life. And it's not necessarily a, a quick change either, because one of the things, one of the songs I do like about Casting Crowns is a song called Slow Fade. And it talks about how sin can slowly creep its way into your life. A lot of times we think sin is just direct in your face and, and it's just going to make a change ultimately, like just bam, like it's, it's like one of those things you should have been expecting. But a lot of times, you know, the enemy knows if they directly get, get a man of God or even a woman of God to sin or to be tempted in sin, going directly is not going to work. They have to go around a corner. They have to slowly put something into your mind and, you know, put, put it in your heart to think about it, to kind of, what do you, what would we say? Meditate on it. Cause I mean, if you think about it, if you ever watched the video slow fade and, and listen to the lyrics, it's about a dad who has basically a wandering eye and you get to, and the video goes backwards. So you get to see the end all the way to the beginning because the idea behind it was to show that there is, when you make choices, there is consequences for those actions and we get to see the consequence and we get to go all the way back to see when it started. And I, th I believe if I recall, it's because it was a fight between he and his wife. And so he thought looking around to other women would be the answer define happiness because i think the other key thing is a lot of times with us men 
is we strive to find happiness in other things. We don't focus on God. We start focusing for self. We start wanting self to be glorified and praised. So Saul in himself, he was striving slowly, almost like recognizing how powerful he was as a king, because technically he was given the authority of all Israel. He was given soldiers. He was giving animals, cattle. He was given the best of the food. He was, you know, he took a lot of things. He had treasures. He wore a crown. He was guarded, protected. He was the, you know, the top person in his country. People respected him. He was loved by the people. Do you see how slowly a change could possibly happen? So why is it that that happened with him? Because I believe he took his eyes off the Lord and put it on himself. He saw the glory that he was getting as king and decided that was way better than serving my Lord. But it took time. And you guys out there, how many of you are struggling with such issues where you've been blessed by the Lord, but now you're starting to kind of take that blessing for yourself? You're not sharing with other people. You're not helping other people. You're not encouraging other people. You know, if you've been blessed with a lot of money, are you hoarding it? Are you helping people in struggle? Are you noticing people in struggle? Have you forgotten what it's like to struggle? Because a lot of times that's what happens is that we, we forget why the Lord blessed us. And that's my hope as he blessed my wife and I for this church and, and, and everything that's going to come from it, that we don't forget what it was like to struggle these past 10 years so that we pay attention when other people are struggling. So they don't get, you know, as we talked about, fall through the cracks for young adults, but fall for a crack for people that are suffering and having a hard time. We need to make sure that we're walking upright with the Lord so that we don't fall into this temptation like Saul. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back. And we've been talking about King Saul and what the process was probably like based on, on the verses of change in him. And the word that came out is pride. Pride is the main, main sin that I could see that got into Saul's mind. So as I was looking into going ahead a bit, um, you get to, cause for Samuel 10 is when, when Saul is anointed. If you want to read like all the pieces to when Saul got to that point, Go right ahead before before that because, well, at the beginning it talks more about Samuel and how he was chosen by God up to when the people cry out for a king. But anyway, we're going to move forward a couple chapters to Samuel's farewell address. But if you were to go a chapter back to 11, which is kind of interesting, there seems to be... You know, Saul does something amazing. He beats the uh, the Ammonites. The kingdom is renewed. There's all this great stuff going on. Then you get into chapter 12, and it's, and it's about Samuel's farewell. But 
what's interesting is if you go even further okay after that chapter you can read through that whole thing i challenge you to take some of these as kind of like a bible study for yourself get into into praying for your you know with yourself and studying god's word but if you go down to verse 19 it says and all the people said to samuel pray for the servants to the lord your god that we may not die for we have added to all our sins this evil to ask our ask for ourselves a king and samuel said to people do not be afraid you have done all this evil you do not turn aside from the from following the lord but serve the lord with all your heart and do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver for they are empty for the lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake because it has pleased the lord to make you a people for himself moreover as for me far be it for me that i should sin against the lord by ceasing to pray for you and i will instruct you in the good and the right way only fear the lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart or consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do weak, w wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. So the farewell wasn't the fact like Samuel disappearing. But what it was is that his authority that he once had has now been officially given to King Saul. You know, beforehand prophets were, you know, were speaking of the Lord because they were a theology, uh, I forgot what the word is theocracy theocracy there we go so god led but now because they cried out for king they got one and this is what they're going to do so the next thing we see is that saul fights the philistines saul lived for one year then became king when he had reigned for two years now remember it's been three years since anointing two years as king Saul chose 3,000 men of Israel, 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash, or Michmash, and the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gibeah of Benjamin. So there was a battle plan, there was a setup. The Philistines were, you know, fighting, they win. Okay, so... If we get down to verse 6, when the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, for the people were hard-pressed, the people hid themselves in caves and holes, in rocks and tombs, and in cisterns. And some Hebrews crossed the fords of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling, so they weren't winning. Um, actually, were they? Let's go to verse four. And all Israel heard and said that Saul had defeated the garrison of Philistines. And also, okay, so it's the people that they were against. So he wins. Praise God. Amen. That's awesome. So now we get to verse eight. He waited seven days. The time appointed by Samuel. So he he listened. The Samuel did not come to Gilgal. Okay. And the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me and peace offerings. And he offered burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw the people were scattering from me 
and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord, so I forced myself and offered a burnt offering. Okay, the biggest mistake you can do is trying to get ahead of God. If God has given you a battle plan, has given you a direction, has given you a hope, don't jump ahead. I know I'm tired of waiting. It's been like years. I've been waiting 10 years for a ministry that I can be excited about. I've been waiting for the past year for this church plan to come together. It's been over a year now, and we're still waiting for things to come through. You see, God's timing is never going to fit what we want and when we want it. It is his will, it is his plan, it's his vision, and it's for his purpose. And it's always for the best of you and I. You notice that Saul did the offering and then suddenly Samuel came. Was that a coincidence? No. But it shows right here that Saul put himself in a position, a power position that he was not supposed to be doing. Because the first thing Samuel says is, what have you done? And so then you hear Saul saying, fear and trembling, no faith, pride, because he needed to get his people to stay together, did the offering. And you go to verse 13, it says, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord, your God, with which he commanded you. You see, God's word has an absolute truth behind our moral understanding, our biblical foundation, and what is right is wrong. What is right and wrong, excuse me. When you start seeing people trying to excuse sin with the word love, with the concept of well, it wasn't that bad. It didn't really hurt anybody. You know, I it, it, it turned out to be a good thing after all doing this wrong. You see, now you're compromising truth to fit what you want. You basically are doing your own version of offering to God to get the results that you think need to be right. We have twisted our view and looking at this culture in this world to try to fit. That's why, you know, I've been talking about the progressive movement, the new age movement that's getting into the church, because that is the mindset. Love is love. Love and God, like love is God and, and love is my God. That's where this mindset is going. Love is not love. God makes it very clear in scripture what love is. And he defines love in different ways. We humans have created our own version of what it means love is love. 
when I love my brother and sister in Christ, it is not a romantic love as someone like I love my wife. My love for my parents is not the same as my love to have for my sister. My love for my friends is not the same that I have for my family. You see how in today's culture we have twisted up words, definitions, absolutes to fit into what we think God meant. When it clearly speaks that God has commanded us to do A, B, C, D. Just like he commanded Saul to do A, B, C. And Saul decided to do Y. He decided to do Z. Because he couldn't wait for God out of fear. Because I could tell you this, most of the time when you go into people's lives, fear is the number one reason that people don't do anything, that people won't make any moves, that people won't make a good decision for their family, that they won't listen to the Lord. They won't um, follow the truth. They won't follow the commands of the word of God because of fear. Second thing I see that comes right after fear is pride because look, I need to gain control of my life. I got to be the God of my life. I can't allow, you know, waiting on the Lord. I got to do it. It has to happen now. It has to happen when I need it. So now if we go back and we read on. It states, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel. So now his blessing is being taken away. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And Samuel rose up from Gilgal. Gilgal, the rest of the people went up after Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin. So Saul wins and defeats the rest of the Philistines. And then we see that that's taken away from him, right? You see, we got to be careful in understanding that just because someone's godly, someone's walking in truth, it doesn't make them invulnerable to sin. Same for you guys. As you continue to walk closer with the Lord and spend time in his word and to get on track with what is ahead or what lies ahead for you, we need to be careful about how we how we think God is trying to tell us about you know, using God's word. I think we misinterpret it, which causes a lot of this issue. We don't spend time in God's word because we like to follow feelings. We like to feel good about decisions that we make. This is why Saul, in my opinion based on the scriptures fell because he allowed pride to enter his heart. He took that blessing that God had given him and he ran with it. 
and not in a good way, but in a selfish way. And because he did it his way, going after it in the way he felt was right, he lost it all. I want you guys to look into your life and pay attention to things that God may have given you as blessings to if, if he opened up opportunity, gave you maybe a church to lead, you know, maybe be a, a leader in Sunday school class, a Bible study, whatever it may be. But there is a purpose behind why you, God has put you there. Don't abuse it and use it for yourself. Don't use it for your own, your own glory. Don't use it for what you think is best. Always seek out God. Seek out his commandments. Seek out, seek out his truth. So that you don't make mistakes. So let's pray real quick. Dearly Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you help us to honor you and serve you, Lord. I ask you help us as men to be a blessing and encouragement to uh, other believers. That we watch ourselves. That we make sure that we are being followers of you and not trying to control our own lives. Lord, if we have pride in our life, that you remove that pride so that we do not falter and walk away from your commands and not to be like King Saul. I pray that you just allow us to be the example of Christ that we need to be, but also to follow the direction that you have. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you guys have a blessed day.